Late on Christmas Eve, 1914, most was quiet on the Western Front of the First World War. Men from the British Expeditionary Force heard German troops in the trenches opposite them singing carols and patriotic songs and saw lanterns and small fir trees along their trenches. After exchanging messages the following day, British and German soldiers came together in no man's land and exchanged gifts, took photographs, and some played an impromptu football game, which is America, or what America would call soccer. They also buried casualties, repaired trenches and dugouts. After Boxing Day, meetings in no man's land dwindled out. The truce was not observed everywhere along the Western Front. Elsewhere, the fighting continued and casualties did occur on Christmas Day. Some officers were unhappy with the ceasefire and worried it would undermine the soldiers' fighting spirit. After 1940, the high command on both sides tried to prevent any truces on a similar scale from happening again. Despite this, some isolated incidents of soldiers holding brief re respite later in the war, not only at Christmas. There, there is the exciting fact of the day. Here's a brief passage of scripture. The passage is Ephesians 6, or no, Ephesians 1, 6 through 10. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein we have made us acceptable in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are in earth even in him we will decode all that passage means in this episode this is Liberty Column with Caleb D. Brock Listener, I am glad that you are with me. This season of Liberty Column is named Foundations. To see the entire season's lineup of episodes, visit our Facebook and Instagram pages. Links in the description below. Let, let us decode this very cryptic passage from Ephesians by going back to the beginning with Genesis chapter 1. Starting at the beginning is essential because to understand the criticalness of forgiveness, we must understand the beginning of all things clearly and see the lies and storytelling that our secularist, Marxist, atheistic world has been propagating for hundreds of years. Gen Genesis 1 says, In the beginning, God, this is the triune God, the Father, Son, the future Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit created the heavens and the earth. 
And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit of God, moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and morning were the first day. Genesis 1 goes on to say, in, starting in verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and, every, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image, in the image of God he created him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat and every beast of the earth and every fowl of the air and every creeping thing upon the earth wherein there is life I have given every green herb for meat and it was so this passage describes the creation of humans by the triune god he did we did not evolve from amoeba like goo Gen genesis chapter 2 goes on to describe the impressive series of events genesis 2 7 says and the lord god formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man man became a living soul this verse states that the triune god breathed life and moral consciousness into mankind this action was never form not a dog cat horse etc hence humans are not on the same plane as plants reptiles mammals insects bugs Animal instinct is based on the basic needs of food, shelter, and procreation. Humans are designed not just for the previous mankind's needs, but the need to see others succeed. Many geneticists have stated that there are specific gene sequences in humans similar to mammals. That, however, means that animals and humans were created by the same Creator, the Almighty Triune God. Now, after each day of creation, Scripture says, however, Gen Genesis chapter 3 articulates that man fell from that perfection. Genesis 3, 1 through 6 says, now the serpent, which was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, 
He shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for fruit, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave it unto her husband, with her, and he did eat. Further on in the chapter, God lays down the unavoidable curse of humanity. Gen Genesis 3, 9 through 24, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree wherefore I commanded thee that thou sh shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done. And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt, shalt thy go, and the dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy heel, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Up unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrows and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And... Thy desire shall be for thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it, all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, Dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, 
because she was the mother of all living unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord make them coats of skins and clothe them and the Lord said behold the man is become as one of us to know good and evil and now lest he put forth his hand and take of the tree of life and eat and live forever therefore the Lord sent the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken so he drove out man and he placed at the east of the garden at east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life to sum up we are to work hard for our food housing and other needs the curse directly causes women's indescribable pain of childbirth however the curse curses most critical and finalizing effect in the last half of Genesis 3 3 quote he shall not eat of the tree neither shall thy touch it lest ye die the apostle unquote the apostle Paul wrote in Romans 6 23 stating in a little bit more succinctly in the first part for the wages of sin is death. However, God laid, God laid down the judgment and provided a path towards redemption. This statement is in Genesis 3.15. The theological term for this verse is the Proto-Evangelium. This statement is the first ever mention of God's gracious plan of redemption. Genesis 3.15 says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This verse articulates the wounds of Christ, who was victorious over the devil, sin, and even death. The famous verse that every Christian claimant knows, that lays out the entire plan of salvation, Genesis or John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. However, some would say that I am without sin. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I must ask those who say that I am without sin, have you ever stolen anything, even a pencil? If so, according to God's law found in Exodus chapter 12, specifically in verse 15, thou shalt not steal. Have, have you ever lusted after another person for intimacy purposes? This does include pornography. Then you vi violate Exodus 20:14, thou shalt not commit adultery. And verse 17, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not 
covet thy neighbor's wife, or his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Have you, listener, ever sworn and profaned the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Then you violate verse 7. Thou, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold you guiltless that taketh his name in vain. You are guilty if you have broken one of these laws or rules. As Pastor Nathan Messler, the current president of International Baptist Bible College and Seminary in Chandler, Arizona, as, uh, as of the recording of this episode, said when I was a junior camper at Ironwood Christian Camp in Southern California, sin is breaking God's rules. This is the way that this is the why you need to be saved. Being saved allows you to have victory and freedom from your sins. So what is the plan of salvation? The, the most well-known salvation Bible verse of John 3.16 lays that out beautifully. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The Apostle Paul more bluntly stated the plan of salvation in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you are not saved, then none of the topics and philosophies on this column will make holistic and complete sense. Now, what does it what, it, what are the needs for a totalizing salvation? Well, the first thing you need to realize is that there is nothing that you can do to save yourself. Romans 3, 10, and 23 says, starting with verse 10, as is written, there is, n there is none righteous, no, not one. And tw verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second thing you need to realize is the penalty of death, the penalty of your sin, as stated the first part of Romans six twenty three. For the wages of sin is death. The third step is understanding the gravity of the gift that God extends to us in the last half of Romans six twenty three. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The fi final step is fully accepting that gift. Romans 6, 10, 9, 9 and 10, and 13 says, thou, thou, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confess, confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
I will not lead you in a perfectly crafted prayer or chant. This decision needs to be authentically yours. Reciting an incantation does not save you. Only an, an authentic, broken heart will satisfy God. Psalm, Psalms 51.17 states, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. The choice is yours. If this has spoken to you, please take a few moments. Pause this episode. Get, get on your knees before God and confess and invite Christ into your heart and life. So will you accept the liberty that comes from this decision? For Jesus Christ said in John eight twenty three, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. As reiterated by the Apostle Paul in Romans six eighteen, Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. This is the antecedent to the Declaration of Independence. The choice is yours. Pause now. This foundation, foundational cornerstone element is so important because without being sold out to God, without all of, without following all the other lowercase gods, including the sacraments and traditions of the Roman Catholic and Orthodox churches, other such rituals will not save you. Though these practices may enrich or even enhance one's faith, they do not save you. For Isaiah 64, 6 says, But ye are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So only the righteousness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will save us, not our works. Once again, the choice is yours. So will you declare today as Joshua did in Joshua twenty four fifteen, and which says, And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served or that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Returning to the interesting fact at the beginning of the episode, the Christmas Truce of 1914. If sworn political and militaristic enemies can set aside their blatant hatred and want to frankly kill each other for an evening and celebrate Christ's birth. 
then we should be even more able to set aside our standards, persuasions, and denominational differences. We must all agree on the two core doctrines of salvation and the Great Commission, remembering that salvation does include the deity of Christ, the virgin birth, and the broken and fallen nature of man, among other things. Without these critical components, salvation fails. Not focusing on music styles of worship or even Bible versions or translations or even the election versus predestination de de debate. And the list can, go and can continue. Thank you so much for listening to the end. I'm very much appreciated. Not all of these episodes will be this deep and scripturally geared. Some episodes will be more politically geared, as stated by as stated by this season's title. This is all foundational information for us to digest the world's news and the tea leaves of politics, psychology, philosophy, and sociology. This is the foundation of all existing liberty. This is the cornerstone. The world rejected. If, if you like this episode, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If you are on YouTube, to those listening on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and several other platforms linked below, please, please follow, sh share this with your friends and family. I would appreciate it tre tremendously. Until the next episode, this is Caleb, this is Caleb D. Brock, and this is Liberty Column. And remember, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Farewell, and Godspeed. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, follow, and subscribe to the column for new content. Farewell, and Godspeed.